Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show sponsored by 888 Sport. This is the big one. It's the Friday, the Gold Cup day at the Cheltenham Festival. This is the preview. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by two expert guests to share their expert insight. It's Odds Checker's tipster, Andy Holding and tipster Rory Delaghi joining me. And before we get into Friday's racing, we're going to go through the card, of course, the Gold Cup there. But we've also got the Triumph, the Albert Bartlett and plenty else to get through. We were lucky enough to be joined earlier by 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Geraghty as he shares his Gold Cup memories and his thoughts for the 2022 edition. And who better to talk to on Gold Cup Day than Barry Geraghty himself, 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Geraghty. And Barry, you know, you've won all there is to win at the Cheltenham Festival, you know, talking about champion chases, champion hurdles, all, you know, there's nothing you haven't won there in terms of the big races, including the Gold Cup. And how do your Gold Cup wins compare to those other glorious days at Presbury Park? Gold Cup, it's, it's, it's probably what the week is all about. If you talk about the finale, this is it. The Gold Cup is the, it is the Blue Ribbons and it's the one of the week. So, um, very fortunate. I've won it twice and two good horses, Kicking King and Bogsworth, um, both really good stairs. A little bit of class. They had done well over hurdles. Um, two miles, two and a half, and, and good stairs though as well. So it, it takes a classy horse. Um, and this just race, it, I think it's very competitive. People are talking it down, saying it's not a vintage renewal. I, I don't know. I think it deserves more credit. Of, um, obviously, Albert Photo, a dual winner. You've Manila Indo, a winner. Uh, you project the rat. Arsu's on the up. Absolute hard is potentially still improving um, on last year. It's, I think it, it's a quality race and doesn't get the credit it deserves, maybe. Before we, we ask you about you know, what it takes to win a Gold Cup, uh, what, what kind of horse you want to be looking for, I'm going to ask you the question that people actually want to hear, which is tell me about the celebrations after those Gold Cup wins, because it's, it's the Friday. You, know, you haven't got to go back to, back to work the next day. Well, maybe you are riding, I'm not sure, but it, it's the pinnacle of the game. And so both, you know, both two times you, you won the Gold Cup, what was it like afterwards? Um, so the first year, the first time 2005 was, uh, yeah, you could let loose that night because it was only a three-day festival. So you had Friday off and you weren't in great shape then on Saturday. Whereas in the next time, 2013, with Bobsworth, um, I don't know where it was the following day, first last for Kempton or your Toxter or someplace, but that kind of uh, put a little dampener to it, if you like. So it's, uh, still, it's one that you celebrate and you probably celebrate it for a few weeks or even a few years after Um Gold Cup is a special race, and uh, yeah, it, it, the week, as I said, the week is really geared up. It's all about the finale, which is the Gold Cup. Then, on, on the flip side of that, then Barry, obviously he won it with Bobsworth, and if I remember rightly, he was short price favourite to win the year after, something on six to four. How, how disappointing was it um, to go in with such a strongly fancied horse and run probably just a little bit, but while well, he did run very much below par that day, behind Lord Windermere, what was your what was your feelings after that one? Yeah, it was disappointing. Obviously, um, we were really sweet on him, um, but he just—he's—he just lost a little bit of kick. He wasn't the fastest horse in the world, so we—we we all get a little bit slow with age. But he just—he lost that little ten percent, maybe. Well, he was on the back foot earlier and under pressure earlier, and just didn't have the finish. Um, he ran reasonably well on the day, but just lacked the class to win it. So it was—it was the start of the of his demise, if you like. But he was a high class horse in his time. Um, and I suppose I give more more reflection to the Gold Cup we won than the one he got beaten at. We probably probably puts more into perspective the horses that do win it back to back. You know, we we have to hold them in probably more higher esteem than than we should do because um, it does take a hell of a lot out of horses, doesn't it? Um, so for, for those that have done it two or three times, you know, you, you have to tip your hat to them, don't you? Having obviously not not and tried and failed on Bobsworth. Exactly, and we spoke before about um, the champion chase and the Norgamine and Shishkin and coming out of Ascot. A two-mile chaser has a chance to come back year after year because he's not racing over those attritional distances where a Gold Cup horse is. And when you're running hard over three miles like that, you're under pressure for longer. Just the, the attritional rate is higher. And every year we're there in Cheltenham, we're kicking king, war of attrition, lots of great horses, and you think, well, this fellow's going to come back and win two or three Gold Cups. And they don't. So album photos to win back to back was brilliant. Obviously, caught a start to 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 get his coming back having lost it was amazing as well. Um, but for me this year, I think Manilindo is the one that they have to beat, and he's the he is the performer. We spoke with Cheltenham Farm before. Horses coming to life this time of year. Um, 
I didn't fancy him in the Kenton, in the King George. Uh, he ran reasonably well at Neverstone, but he is the course horse, and he won the Gold Cup last year with a near prick from Absolute Tart, who I do think is a very good horse, but I just question his resolution over this course and distance. Um, it's, it's, it's a real proper test. And we have seen that with Native River versus Might Bite in the past. I just feel he's a little bit of a Might Bite in this situation. I think it's one of the most interesting Gold Cup fields for, for many a year. You've got Aplutard, the favourite, at 7-2 along with Galvin. Aplutard finished second in this race last year. Galvin, a festival winner from last year. Then Manella Indo, 5-1, to one, who was last year's Gold Cup winner. Protector App, who in the many clouds was breathtakingly good in the step up and trip. Album Photo, twice winner of the race, conflated the surprise winner of the Irish Gold Cup as well. So many different form lines and different histories in this field, plenty with Cheltenham proven quality as well. When, you know, talking to those people out there who, you know, most people watching this, I would have thought would be having a flutter on the day on the Gold Cup. What kind of a horse, what kind of a profile do you think they should be looking for? Well, for me, then, it's all about stamina. And we saw that with Minilindo, we saw that with Native River, as we said, and I mentioned Native River uh, versus White Bite. So to me, it's, it, it is all about stamina. Your King George horse isn't necessarily our Gold Cup horse. Um, tornado flyer, he, he has a chance. Um, I know he probably didn't perform to his best one behind Aplutard in the Savile Chase uh, last Christmas, 12 months, but he still has to prove himself over the ultimate trip. Um, Aplutard, who possibly should have beaten Galvin at Christmas in Leopardstown, um, that's a different test. I think Galvin is going to be well suited. He's a horse to go on a big race because he stays so well. But as I mentioned, Aplutard, I have a question mark over him um, just at this level on this track. Um, I would agree with you. The protector rat is a horse in the up, definitely. Nicky holds out hope with uh, Chantry House um, that he has earned a few creases. He has good novice form. He would have a chance, but it's a really good, strong race. But to me, it's all about stamina. And we've seen that over the years. And I just go back to Manila Endo. If he's, um, if he's anywhere near where he was last year, I think he's the one to have to beat. He's proven. From a, a race that's all about stamina to, to the triumph of the opening race on the Friday. And this again looks like a, a stellar renewal, really, of the race. Vauban, the 7 4 favourite. Pied Piper, 5 2. Fidor, 6 1. And all these form lines are entwined with each other. There's been a bit of a war of words as well but between the few horses and connections in the last couple of months. Vauban making his way to the top of the market. Uh, do you think that's fair? Is, is he the one you'd want to be on? Um, I think it's a very open race. Um, <clears throat> It's a quality race, but I think there's, there's, a, there's a few there. Um, Vauban, very impressed with him in Leperstone. But albeit the times were good on the race, I just felt that a truer run race, end-to-end gallop, would have suited Fidor better. He's more likely to get that in Cheltenham. And on a new course, all emphasis on stamina. So I think that brings him more into play. So I like Fidor to, as in, against the top two. I think Pied Paper and Vauban, two very good horses. But I just think stamina... It's going to be a big, a big player here, and I like Fieldo. I think he stays really well. So I'm just slightly with him against the, the top two. I think Porticello is going to be an asset for Fieldo. They're going to help each other up front. I would have thought two good stairs, um, and just I think a, a proper end-to-end gallop. It might just take a little bit of the pace out of Vaboon. I think the general feeling is, I don't know if you've heard this as well, that. Phil Dorr was their number one, even though Pied Piper went over the Irish team, won at Cheltenham. Going into that Spring Juvenile, Barry, was their number one choice. So they must have been shocked to the core when Vuban um, um, beat him fairly comfortably on the day. I wonder if their sort of feelings have changed because of that defeat, or they still probably still think Phil Dorr's a number one. Yeah, so that was the impression going into the race that, that Phil Dorr was number one and they were. They were really disappointed with it. But for me, I just felt that Davy Russell was left in front from the tri- from three out. And whether he decided not to stretch on, which he did do, or he could have done what helped. Maybe he couldn't stretch on, but I'd love to have seen a stronger pace from three out to the turn in. Whereas they bunched and they sat, they feel Constantine, and then they turn in, they straighten and they quicken. And Vaboon was the horse to quicken best. Um, so... I just feel a proper end to end gallop is going to suit Field Door and it's going to be interesting. But I, I think it's maybe slightly more competitive than the market is, is suggesting. That's my, my, my feeling. It's hard to knock him out of the frame, I think, Barry. I think he's around six to one. It's, you couldn't imagine Field Door not being in the first three. I think, I think for those looking for some value, that's, what, that's probably the way to go. Exactly. And he has the experience, um, which is going to stand him. So, no, it, it's, it'll be interesting. All right, that's a sneak preview of what Andy thinks of the race, and you're going to find out more of that in just a second as we go through it. 
the Friday cards uh, with Andy and Roy Delaghi will be joining us as well. But thank you very much to 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Geraghty for sharing his thoughts. A little trip down memory lane on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday's show at the top of the show and also giving us his thoughts on this year's festival. Hope to see you down there, Barry. Have a great week and speak soon. Yeah, always love being able to talk to Barry Geraghty, 888 Sport Ambassador about the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, but now it is time to talk about this year's event. I'm uh, going to go through the card, but before we do so, just a reminder, the odds checker is the only tip that you need for this year's festival. It's under a week away now, and if you're having a bet, you'll get the most out of it by using odds checker. Compare odds and find the best special offers for every single race. Now, let's get into the action itself with Andy and with Rory. And of course, the first race on the Friday is the Triumph Hurdle and a brilliant renewal of the Triumph, it looks like, being this time around. Vauban is the 7-4 favourite, Pied Piper 5-2, Fidor 6-1, Porticello 11-1, Icar Allen and Ilete Ton, uh, both 12-1 with Mike Salute, Dr Parnassus 14-1, 20-1, Bar. Roy, I'll come to you first there because we just heard Andy when speaking to Barry uh, on uh, teasing his thoughts, especially on Fidor, so we'll come to you in a second, Andy, but three horses much has been spoken about in terms of how they relate to each other we've seen uh, their form lines entwined at stages do you think the market as it stands at the moment has the the pecking order right yeah and what we've seen so far the market is 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 largely correct um because it's always it's always notional until you see the the, the really big race um and you know your your attitude can change look at last year's triumph hurdle for example our our uh, views of the uh, the major contenders not have changed considerably uh, from what we know of them since so, you know, we're only, when we're dealing with juveniles, um, you don't want to be too set on your opinions because they can change fairly quickly. But on what we've seen in them so far, um, the right two horses are at the, at the head of the market. Um, and it's, it's difficult to see past them at this stage. We've seen shocks in the Triumph before, but less so since this became a, a smaller field affair. In the old days, when you had 30 runners in this, um, you didn't see too many, too many shorties and you had lots and lots of hard luck stories. And, Plenty of outsiders winning this race, but that's less the case um, in recent years. The class should come to the fore. Andy? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Triumph. Hopefully punters are um, on their um, pockets with uh, plenty of uh, bookmakers ready uh, throughout the course of the week. Um, I think we're going to be dealing with fairly quickish ground come the Friday. I think we need to mention that before we crack on with the actual horse themselves. Looking at the forecast anyway, I think... Um, it's going to be a baptism of fire for the clerk this week, isn't it? Knowing how much uh, water to put on, because I think that's going to come in some, at some stage. I think we're all going to go down to Specsavers and get ourselves a, some new sunglasses, I think. Um, that aside, I think um, Vauban has uh, you know, quite worthily put himself at the head of the market based on that run in the Spring Juvenile. The Spring Juvenile over the years has often thrown up the best trial. And um, you know, if you use the, the, the Arconas of this world as a guide, he was right up there, not only visually, but on the clock as well. Um, it's been a while since a horse has posted a number, certainly on our figures, up there with Desi Hughes's chart. Not Desi Hughes. Um, it was Desi Hughes, wasn't it? Our corner? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, of course it was. Um, <coughs> and, and this fella did it pretty, pretty readily, I thought, in the end. Looked a good field going into it. You've got Eckhart Prince, who'd won over the sea and Dick Christmas. Phil Dore had been unbeaten three starts. You've got Ben Segal in there. Uh, the Tide Turns had won at Punchestown. It was a really deep race. They were in a good gallop. People say that, oh, Phil Dore's going to improve for a stronger gallop. He's not going to improve for a stronger, they won't go as strong, they'll go as just as strong in the Triumph as they will in this. Mm. Uh, nothing's going to run like a 71 or beyond or, you know, a ridiculous time on our, our numbers. So that the pace that they went in the Spring Juvenile is going to be similar to what they, they, they go um, at Cheltenham on, on Friday. So that really should mean that uh, Foban will uphold the form. I think he will. Particularly on faster ground, I think he's a faster horse than Phil Dore. I think the notion behind Phil Dore is that he's a, this track will suit him better and the, and the, the stamina will kick in, but it's a long run from two out to the, to the line at um, Leopardstown and like I said, I think he was just toying with Phil Dore. Mm. Um, just a very good horse, simple as that. I think Phil Dore will be in the first three. I think again, if you're looking for a, each way multiples and putting a, a horse, you think, oh, that's got to be in the frame. Yeah. You know, you, you'd be looking at him. And then you've got Pied Piper, who's wildly impressive at Cheltenham. Now, clocking a good time, but not quite as spectacular as Vauban's time. That does not mean to say that he could have run quicker at Channel, because he quite clearly could have. I mean, he was eased down from sort of like the last on the running. Who knows how far or how quick he could have gone. Um, 
it looks between those three on paper, although you'd pay a healthy respect to the horse that finished third. I think he was only having his um, first start for William Mullins, wasn't he? Il yep. Atom. I thought that was a nice run for, you know, for also in experience. You know, he, he hadn't got the, the know-how of the others. Um, so he's worth mentioning at price. Uh, but yeah, the pecking order is very much full band for me. He, he would have beaten Pied Piper first time out. So I think he's the superior horse, particularly on better ground. The UK horses are going to struggle. I actually feel sorry for them because the likes of Porticello, night salutes. They've done nothing wrong over this side of the English Sea, but the numbers and the races and the horses have been beating aren't anywhere near as good as the, the, the Irish. So I'd love to see a night salute run well for Milton Harris. I think he will, but I, I, I can't see him winning it. Nor Porticello. Porticello is very ground dependent. If you're backing him, you want soft or heavy in the going description. He's not going to get that. The time that he was running on good ground, he got well beat. Um, and I don't think Dr. Parnas is quick, quick enough. So Vauban will win. Um, and Fildor... Elaton. 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 But other kind of each way alternatives if you're looking around for three, four places on the Small day. Small field again, do you think? More than likely, probably. A lot of horses <coughs> in here in the. Uh, in the, in the yeah, I'd say 10, 9, 10, that kind of number that like we had last year. I think we had 8 last year, didn't we, or something like that. Roy, if, if you were going to if you were to have back one now, who would be the one you'd. You'd be backing at the prices. I, I would very marginally favour Pied Piper. I don't think there's I don't think there's an awful lot in it, and I'm I don't I'm not a big fan of, of making absolute statements about juveniles who've only run a couple of times. Uh, and interestingly, when Pied Piper won at Cheltenham, my first reaction was this race has fallen apart completely, hasn't it? Um, a lot of horses didn't seem to to give their running. Um, a couple of horses from that have run since and and um, and done an awful lot better. But the more you watch the race, the more you're aware that. Um, that it was over at the top of the hill, literally over at the top of the hill. This horse, uh, his jumping wasn't brilliant early on, um, but Davey just got him settled at the back of the field. And then when he's moved into, he hasn't had to ask the horse really to do anything to move into contention. Yeah. And you can knock the, people have knocked the time, saying you know, it was actually slightly slower than the handicap hurdle that, that went before it. But there's no effort whatsoever from the jockey. Um, sometimes when a jockey um, just flicks the whip at a horse or just lets out a, a bit of rein and pushes them forward, um, often what you, the response from the horse is what you would get however it's ridden. But he, this horse was under wraps the whole way to the line. He didn't ask the horse for that effort at all. So we don't know exactly what Pied Piper could have done. We know from his record um, that, you know, that he, would have, he would have found extra. Um, and that sometimes can be the issue with, with horses who, uh, we, we touched on this earlier about if a horse doesn't come off the bridle, yeah. how do you know how good it is? People, people often make the mistake of, of adding on a stone to the form going well this this would have found loads more and a lot of times horses who win in the bridle are doing they're just racing on the bridle anyway and when they come off the bridle they don't find an awful lot the way he went through that and the fact that he was still on a tight rein uh, later on suggests that he would have he would have produced a spurt after the last if he was asked to do so and if he did that then he would have produced a better time figure anyway um yeah i liked him an awful lot um in retrospect as i said at, at the time i thought this might just be a slightly dodgy form but the more you look at it the more impressive he is but we'll, you know, clearly, there, there's not much between them because they met on, on debut, uh, and Vauban was very impressive in the spring, and the spring does tend to be a very good guy to this. Um, so I, I wouldn't want to adamantly say that Pied Piper is a better horse than Vauban. It's a slightly bigger price at the moment. So, so you, you think that the five to two, seven to four gives probably too much respect to Vauban in terms of what we've seen so I far? Could, I could have very, very little between them and what I've seen of them, to be perfectly honest. So it's a little bit of a coin toss. Um, and if I had to, then I'd probably go with, I, I'd, I'd side with Pied Piper at the prices. I don't, often with, with such a short priced favourite or two to head of the market, you're looking at each way value and I'm struggling to find each way value in this race. Um, particularly, I mean, Knight Salute will probably run his, his race again and he's, he's been underestimated all the way through the season and he keeps producing enough to win his races. He looked beaten coming to the last at Kempton, um, but you get the impression that he actually, watching the race again, although the... Um, the runner-up was unlucky to lose his hind legs over the last. You get the impression that Night Salute will always find plenty for for run um, for pressure, so he's liable to to run very well again and, and should hit the frame. I I would be absolutely gobsmacked if um, Doctor Parnassus did. He's been quite well talked up for this, and he's a reasonably short price. He was an absolutely horrible horse on the flat. I mean, genuinely horrible. Um, he did not want to win. He had plenty of ability, um, and he's won easily in two races um, over hurdles. But he again, he hasn't. Um, He's clearly taken well to him, he jumps well, 
but he is the kind of horse who will look good on the bridle, but when he comes off the bridle, he does not look good. Um, and I can't see him. I can't see him on the bridle all the way through the Triumph Hurdle. So, if I, if you know, if there's a play for me, um, uh, other than the, the with the market leaders, it's probably taking him on in the uh, in the place markets. Um, but yeah, there's, I, I struggle to find a solid each way bet at the moment um, with a few of these liable to go to the Boodles. So, not a massively strong shout, but Pied Piper, um, just just shading it over Vauban for me. Pied Piper for Rory. Foban for Andy. We'll see who comes out on top on Friday afternoon. And then we'll get into the County Hurdle, which is the second race on the card, where State Man is the 5-1 to one favourite. Top Band at 7-1. West Cork 8-1. to one. Echoes and Rain 10-1, uh, sorry. I like to move at 12s. Quixelos and Adamantly Chosen, both 14-1. to one. Uh, <clears throat> Along with the Devil's Coachman, Slip of the Tongue, and a couple of others, Colonel Mustard, uh, and a few more too. This is obviously, you know, we're recording this on, on Thursday afternoon, Andy. This is going to cut up massively uh, we think those probably at the top end of the market might turn up here do you have a fancy at this stage well Stateman's a big talking horse isn't he um, I mean what William Millers has done in the last few seasons with you know particularly the Martin Pipe towards the back end of the card when he shuffles his pack you need to know where he's going I think he's entered in everything isn't he pretty much Stateman yes, uh, his favourite pretty much yeah that, uh, bookmakers are, are, are quite right to keep him on side because he was really good at, at Limerick but you know, he's fairly inexperienced. Interestingly, he's, I mean, he's, he's 16, 20 to 1 for the Supreme, and, and that is the price, given it's non run, no bet, that is the price that it would be, presumably, if he lined up, yeah, which kind of shows yeah, the quality yeah. of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, the, the two that stand out for me, anyway, would, one of them would be Top Bandit, who had a spin around the track, obviously on the, new, on the old course, but he, he had a spin around the track earlier in the season. I thought he was very impressive that day. I like the way he moved through the race. Um, he's won twice since. He's been saved since December to keep his powder dry. Um, and he won't mind the fast ground or goodish ground come Friday. I think if one horse in this race is not ground reliant, but he's more likely to act, act on it better than most, it'd be him. Um, so he's won top price seven to one non-runner. I bet I think that's not a bad option. And me and Rory were talking off air beforehand about a horse, the best kept secret over in Ireland. <laughs> how the handicapper has managed to come up with, well, not necessarily come up with, but how he's managed to drop Colonel Mustard. Four pounds. I'm not waiting to measure, man, but this is what you know what he's done. He went into the Ascot race rated 144 beyond John Bon, Nappers Hill. Um, I like to move LA it. Bell. La Bell. Yeah. La Bell's won since. I like to move it second in a in a Betfair, and John Bon won a grade two at Haydock. He, he dropped it from 144 to 140. He finished third in a grade one, behind Sir Gerhard and Three Stripe Live. Only beaten 12 lengths, and he's, he's still off 140. He hasn't even been put up retrospectively. If you look at the horses that were in behind, Faru beaten 55 lengths and Statuaire beaten 60 lengths are rated 135, 137. And, and, and he's still rated 140. And listen, and Stateman's rated 141 for, for you know, winning an egg yeah, and spoon race easily. Yeah, yeah. But, he's, but you know, the handicapper's taken no chances going 141, whereas Cur because Colonel Mustard has, has run in multiple graded races, the handicapper is almost duty bound to stick with the ratings that he's had in those races. You also have the, the Anglo-Irish classifications where horses rated 140 plus are listed there in the first place. So you, you have to have a very good excuse for, for, um, uh, for knocking one up that you, you've already got a, a mark on. And of course, uh, he, he got his rating in the first place for finishing behind Echoes and Rain last year, um, giving, giving her yeah. um, seven pounds. So um, yeah, his form, his form is, uh, is rock solid. I'd like the horse a, hu a, a huge amount. I mean, he's a, he's a great bet, non-runner, I bet, because I think that, I think Lorna's a little bit um and ah, and she wants to protect the horse, but she's she's wants to run him at the same time. It's yeah. kind of like one of those. My, my only reservation would be if it, if the ground got really really quick. Um, you know, there'd be other she options. Buy, buy well, this is it, you see. Yeah, I mean, it's this, Gold Cup day as well, and um, yeah, temptation. Yeah, Temptation is definitely to go. Um, obviously, there's various punches down. There's other options on better ground at home soil, but if that rocks up. And at f was it 14 top price, non-running our bet? I think you can just back it now and you'll be on a horse that surely a lot of um, people will, will latch onto come, coming over the time. You're not getting any better odds all in, by the way. If you want to back this all in, you're getting, you're getting ma maximum price 14 to 1. So yeah, you definitely back yeah. it non-running our bet. It's just a, a horse you've just got to back now. Because if it doesn't run, you get your money back. But if it runs, you've got, uh, you'll be on the right side of the price. I think the race suits him down to the ground. The, the, the other thing about Colonel Mustard, um, and I've been sort of had a very close eye on him since Dave, because I've spoken to Lorna about him. Um, I used to work with Lorna years ago with, on, um, on Timeform Radio. Um, he's 
he was a little bit leery as a novice, very, very talented, but Lorna just wondered about his mental attitude and whether he was really focusing on the job. But also his, his jumping over hurdles early on was very scrappy. Even, even when he was getting placed in, in graded races last year, he just wasn't, he was losing ground at his hurdles. He wasn't jumping particularly well. Um, and that's why I, I think running him in something in the Supreme or the Ballymore would be a really bad idea. Um, he's in the Ballymore still. Um, because you ha it's, those races are all about rhythm. You can't afford to make mistakes and, and keep your place. The great thing about the county hurdle is you have a huge stretch of track where there's no, there are no hurdles where the race develops. Yeah. So it, it, you don't want to be blundering your way around, but his, his jumping has got a bit better, but he's now sort of safe, but not, not very fast over a hurdle. That doesn't really matter in a county. And you've, as I said, you've got, you've got three quarters of a mile where horses can move up and, and get in a challenging position and you've got a long run again to the last. Um, and I think, that will, I think that will suit him really well. Um, it suit, as I said, it suits novices who might not be as slick um, over hurdles as, as those with lots of practice. Again, if you're, gonna, if you're back on a horse, it's going to throw itself on the floor. That's a bit of a negative. But where, where a horse you know, might not be as quick as others through the air, you're wary of backing them on the, on the uh, old course because you can't afford to lose positions there. If you lose half a length of a hurdle, it's sometimes hard to get it back. On the new course um, on the Friday, really not that much of an issue as long as, as long as you're safe and you're good enough over your hurdles. And I think um, the two mile one, the slightly longer trip, will suit Colonel Mustard down to the ground. I think it's the perfect race for him and I very, very much hope he turns up in it. I think that's probably the most bullish I've seen you two uh, in the hours we've spent here. Colonel Mustard there, 12 to one, best price and RNB. Um, no run, no bet for the county hurdle. Both the guys agreeing on that one. I've got a feeling that after this goes out at 12 to one, might not last too long. So uh, as you say, Andy, time to get on is now. Uh, on then to the Albert Bartlett, um, the uh, longest of the novice hurdles. And we've got Hillcrest is the three to one favorite. Uh, Jinto seven to two, looked like he'd be going for the Ballymore, but over the last 24 hours or so, the plan seems to have changed. Journey with me, 13 to two. Manella Kakuna, seven to one. Bardenstown Lad, eight to one. The Nice Guy, eight to one. Uh, Chantreuse, nine to one. Ten to one. Bar Hollow Games is that ten to one. Who, similar, well, same connections to to Jinto might suggest that uh, he doesn't turn up here. Uh, Rory, how do you see the Albert Bartlett? Um, I like, I do like the front two in the betting, and I think this is the right race for them. And when you like the front two in the betting, you're you're wondering whether you've got much of an edge. Um, I would just favour Ginto. I've, I've been adamant that he, that he wants this trip, um, having um, watched him uh, win the Lauders of Nace. He's a horse, his, his stride pattern, the way he goes through a race, suggests that he wants the trip. I know Gordon's been, not been that keen to step him up because he's, he cost 470 grand. And I think there's, this, there's a reluctance um, with trainers of novice hurdlers to step him up the three miles. It's almost an admission that they're slow. He's not slow, but I think he'll stay three miles really well. And I just think the way he goes through a race will suit this race a lot better um, than, than the, the shorter trip. So I, I do very much like his chances. Um, but I don't have any negatives to say about Hillcrest. I think he's a really, really likable horse. Desperately unlucky to be unsafe at the Cheltenham two starts ago when he was badly hampered by a faller. Uh, otherwise, he'd be, um, he'd be unbeaten. His form is, is um, working out pretty well. Uh, I thought he, he did almost too much on the front end early on at Haydock last time out. And in the circumstances, I thought he came home really well. And his jumping over the last two hurdles in particular, I thought was very neat and accurate. And that's remarkable given what a big horse he is. So, um, yeah, no negatives with Hillcrest for me. I just think Ginto might just be the classiest horse in the race. Um, journey with me, I think we'll go for the shorter. We'll go for the Ballymore. Um, I wasn't enormously impressed with him at Nace, but um, you know, he, he lacked experience going into that. Well, that would have done him good. And he's liable to come forward. Uh, and again, Manella Kukuner, he was impressive at Leperstown, but I don't think, I think his speed and jumping won on that race. And if, you're, if you've got really slick jumping and you've got a bit of tactical speed, you don't want to be running an Albert Bartlett. It doesn't really help you. So I think Manella Kukuner would be better over the shorter trip as well. So that's sort of negatives over the next two in the market. And if, um, if Ginto goes here, then Hollow Games surely won't. Um, I would have thought, I mean, there's a possibility they run both, but I'd have thought they'd find another opportunity for Hollow Games. So it does seem to sort of boil down to the, the top two for me. And having banged the drum for Ginto stepping up on trip, I've got to stick with him now. Ginto, the one then, um, seven to two for Rory. Um, it's interesting how with the, you know, the three novice hurdles, you've got so much focus on the Supreme and then the Ballymore and then 
the Albert Bottle on the Friday seems to be the, the, the forgotten race of the three. Do you find, um, given that you know it's over the over the three miles, is it more difficult to get a handle on? Uh, given your yeah, I think so because just because we haven't got any samples about, about many of these over the three miles, a lot of them have come from the two and a half mile category, um, and, and there is that element of doubt, isn't it? The one thing we know about Hillcrest is he, he he stays really well. I mean that performance at Haydock was unreal. It was the last hurdle race on the day. Very rare you get the fastest time on the card, the last hurdle race in the day when the ground's as bad as it is. It's churned up. Particularly, he went all the way around the inside as well. He was taken on by Green Book. Him and Green Book went hell for leather all the way through. And it's hard to um, brush aside a Venetia Williams train horse. And he did it. He broke him. He, he broke him, yeah. completely broke him. I, I think Green Book will take a while to recover from that. And then he had, a, he had another challenge that came at him and he saw him off as well, one that was ridden out the back of the, back of the pack and came through with a, with a more conservative ride. Um, and he did an unbelievable time figure as a result. He's top, he's top of our figures off that run. My only problem with him is, because he's trained by Henry Daly and the owner, well obviously the owner's not here with us anymore, but the, 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 because of the owner's background, mm. I think, he might take the view that he's a long-term project, chasing project, and if the ground is quick on, on the Friday and he had such a hard race at Haydock, he wouldn't want to break him on, on fastest ground, and he might just save him for Aintree in the hope that A, he's recovered in time, or give him more time to recover, and the ground might just be on the, a little bit more easier at Aintree if they get rain in, in April. So I'd love to see him run, because I think he'd, he'd be uh, a good spectacle, um, and he would, he would probably win if he's recovered, but I'm not sure whether we'll see him. That's my only problem. So therefore, I'm looking for something else, and I'll probably go with Bardenstown Lad, a horse that fits this, a lot of the stats of previous winners of this race, i.e. he's had plenty of experience. You do need horses that have been around the block a little bit, and yeah. perhaps not as sexy as others, but they're the kind of horses that tend to run well in this race. And John McConnell's a very, very shrewd operator, um, he obviously brought him over early on in the season just to dip his bread and to have a look at Cheltenham. I mean, he, the form when he beat Magic, you know, Dragon Bones is nothing to get too carried away with, but he did stay in very eye-catchingly that day. Um, he took him to Musselburgh the other day, just to have a little pipe opener. Uh, and him and another Charlie Longson's pull well clear the rest of the field. Again, a good time. Uh, his times have been pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I quite like him. He's 8 to run, 8 to 1, non runner, no bet. Um, looks like he's certain to run. If it does come up good or even quicker, it was good for him when he won here early exactly. in the season, so that would, that would suit him better than most. I thought he was pretty raw that day as well. Mm. Um, and the, the race he ran in prior to that, he was third to Tully Begg, right. closing all the way to the line. That, that form has worked out as well. So, yeah, yeah. by the time that would be my, my idea of the each way uh, better than that. I was slightly, slightly surprised how short it was, I thought, because he's, you know, he's, he's warmed up at Musselburgh and John McConnell yeah. still isn't. Still isn't everyone's idea of, of a, a, a um, high-profile high trainer. I thought yeah. he might be a bigger price, um, but in fairness, he, he deserves to be reasonably short on what he's done, and, and he will get better. Still, he's he's a big raw horse who's going to get better again over the next year. Well, he's the only horse that ticks every box. Yeah. Good ground, three miles, Cheltenham. Loads of experience if you want another tick. <laughs> so there you go. And the price, not bad at Eight all. Eight to one. Eight yeah. to one, yeah. Eight to one as it stands for for Bardenstown Lad. Um, pretty much across the board there, including sponsors of the show, 888 Sport. That's the one for Andy taking on the top two, uh, although positive mentions for them as well. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll throw in Stikehorn there as, as, as one who hasn't got a mention so far. I'd be against him in this race. I think uh, even if you stay two and a quarter mile, two and a half mile well on the flat, uh, those ex-flat horses don't always um, stay extreme trips over hurdles. Um, and I know Connections are very keen to step up to three miles for this, but you know he, he did it nicely at Warwick. Um, last time out, but I don't think up against big, old-fashioned, National Hunt bred stayers, uh, he'll see the three miles out, and I'd, wonder, I'd want to be against him as well. That's against Staghorn there for Rory. Uh, on then to the big one, arguably the big one of the week, uh, Friday, it is Gold Cup Day, and this is the Gold Cup, and as we said to Barry earlier, a fascinating Gold Cup it is as well. Aplutard and Galvin, the 7-2 joint favourites, Manella Indo, 5-1, to one. Protector at eight to one, album photo ten to one, conflated and tornado flyer both twelves with Alaho, who we don't expect to run, of course. Chantry House, as mentioned by Barry, sixteen to one, Royal Pagai twenty to one, twenty-five to one bar those. And Andy, over the years, we've done this for a few years now, you've normally got a pretty bullish view on the Gold Cup. Uh, mm -hmm. do you think you've got the winner this time round? 
I think I've got the one who's most likely to run his race. Whether he's good enough to win, only time will tell. Um, that's Galvin. Um, it doesn't matter which way you strip this race down, Galvin comes around in my mind as, as the most reliable, certainly this season anyway. Um, you know, his winning the Savills was um, quite something, wasn't it? You know, that a lot of people blame Rachel Blackmore perhaps hitting the front too soon on a blue tie. That, that can be a, an argument well made. Uh, but ultimately, he got outstayed by Galvin um, over three miles. And, and, and to be fair, our blue tie is a... That, that's his trip, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, He hasn't won beyond it yet. He's run well in the Gold Cup. And people say he doesn't stay. I don't think that's quite right. He stays, but others just perhaps stay slightly better than him. You know, you don't not stay if you finish second in a Gold Cup. Um, he was brilliant in the Betfair, looked a worthy Gold Cup favourite on that, but just got my slight reservations about him over this three-mile tour around Cheltenham, you know, coming up the hill. You know, he's, he's been beaten, a lot, um, you know, twice when he's, when he's tried that. Um, but Galvin, absolutely not a problem. You know, he's, he won the National Chase, <laughs> for goodness yeah. sake, and he's got the pace to win over three. Uh, he's had a great campaign. Again, he's going to be more suited to better ground than most. Um, so yeah, really like his chances. Manila Indo, never write him off because obviously he won it last year. I mean, not have a great season. Similar comments apply this year. He's a Cheltenham horse. He could easily do it again. Uh, although it's difficult to go back to back Gold Cups, which um, history tells you. Protector it's, also, it's also very difficult to get beaten in the Gold Cup and then go back and win it again. Uh, um, absolutely, yeah. Pluto, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Protectorat's definitely the fly in the ointment. But it, we, we don't really know where he sits amongst the ones we know about, i.e. we know all about Pluto, Galvin, Mono Endo, because they've, they've run in those kind of races before, but this fella hasn't. So we, yeah. he's still yet to show his hand. We know he stays really well because he proved that last time out. And in fact, he was a revelation for going up to three miles. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I was, you know, the three mile one of the, of the mini clients, I, I didn't think he would stay. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think he'd handle the grind, and he's absolutely grinded him into, the, yeah. into submission. So you, you completely change the way you look at the horse based on Totally. That. And he, you know, we, we know he handles Cheltenham. So it's a fascinating race. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be dogmatic enough to say this will definitely win. But as I said, I'm trying to get as much money. I've already worked out multiples in my head all week. This is, you know, your Queen's Brooks, your Adagio. So many horses I, I like from an each way perspective. And I'll probably just stick seven or eight horses in a massive multi uh, and some combinations to get as much money as I can rolling on Galvin because he doesn't fall, he loves the track, and he stays. Yeah. That's all the things you need for a Gold Cup. Um. He's the horse who will most like good grind if it turns out that way on the day as well, which is which is swinging into his favour. That's the one. I think the one concern Gordon Elliott had was he doesn't he doesn't think Galvin really wants soft grind. He's just not going to stop running. He does not stop. He's just relentless. Um, and stayers win the Gold Cup, and he he's a very strong stayer. Galvin, a pretty confident selection there for Andy, seven to two, pretty much across the board uh, to win the Gold Cup, Rory. You, Seemed to be agreeing with what Andy was saying. Yeah, there. listen, I've, I've come <laughs> round to Galvin. I, even after Christmas, I thought a Plutar will turn the will turn the tables at Cheltenham, and I've been a I've been the biggest fan in the world of a Plutar since since pretty much day one, um, and I've you know absolutely adamant that he was a, a championship Cheltenham horse, uh, be that over uh, two miles or three and a quarter miles. I thought he saw it out plenty well enough last year, to be perfectly honest. Um, he just didn't jump quite as well as Manila Indo, which, is, which must have been really annoying for Rachel Blackmore because Manila Indo didn't jump a fence for her mm. the previous time and then he jumped really well in this. And interestingly, he, was, he jumped well at Leperstown last time out Manila Indo and I think that's, I think that's kind of key there that um, he, he's, he's, he doesn't, he's not really in tune with Rachel at the moment in terms of jumping. Um, and I could see him running a better race, um, but I keep coming back to that, that notion that um, when you're betting a horse in the Gold Cup, you you want to be betting on the up and coming horse. You really do, um, and and you know the the few confidence shots I've had in the Gold Cup over the years are just realizing that a horse is just at its peak. War of Attrition is probably my strongest ever bet in the in the Gold Cup, who I hadn't even considered until the day before the race, and suddenly realizing everything's just falling into place for this horse. He will love the conditions. He's at the top of his form. He hasn't been bottomed by really hard races. And that's what you want in the Gold Cup because, you know, I've been watching Gold Cup since, since the, the 1970s 
and you see horses who are really impressive winning really tough gold cups and think well this horse will win three or four and then you find out they're just not the same horse again because running in a gold cup in a really in a really competitive gold cup over this trip carrying and there used to be 12 stone the horses carried in the old days as well and i say that they're still carrying 12 stone because you've got the um you've got the COVID alliance haven't you um so that is not easy to do. The more you do it, the more of a, of a toll it takes. And, you know, it's a very special horse that can come back and win multiple gold cups. Um, so although I still really like the Plutard and, and um, uh, Manila Indo to some degree, at the back of my head, I'm thinking they've, you know, they've had their fun. They, you know, Manila Indo's won, won his race. He's looked like he's suffered from that this year. A Plutard has bounced back to run really, really well this season, but you know this is going to be his third chance in a championship race at Cheltenham. Really, you want to be on the horse having his first chance when everything has gone perfectly. And although early in the season I say, well, Galvin does he, Galvin does, does he really have the class to win a Gold Cup? He's he's shown that he's good enough to to um, to put it up to the horses he's in against in this race. He's had the perfect preparation. He will have the perfect conditions. The step up to three and a quarter miles will suit him better than most. The, 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 more, the closer we get to the race and the more I think about it, the more I come round to Galvin and um, I feel a bit of a traitor deserting a uh, horse I've followed all his career, but I think I'm going to be with, with Galvin. I think he looks a really, really solid favourite now for the Gold Cup. He's a bit of a synchronised Master Oates. Um, Master Oates is a really good example, isn't he? Yeah. Because he was, he was untouchable cool in the Gold Cup. That kind of horse is that all of a sudden peaks at the right time, but stamina is basically their, their, their key component. They, you know, they all won the... Um, you know Welsh national, so um, there's a bit of symmetry there. Obviously, he didn't win a Welsh national, but he won a you know a, st- a staying event, i.e. the, the national J. So um, you, you don't want to you know beat him up with just because. Oh, see, of that. Throw, throw Native River in there. Native you River, know, yeah, similar, absolutely. Similar there you go. There's another well. one. Yeah, yeah. Galvin seven to two, the double selection for the Gold Cup at Cheltenham on Friday, the 2022 Gold Cup seven to two best price. That's pretty much across the board as it stands. At the moment, to serve it up to last year's first and second, Manella Indo and Aplutard. On then to the Hunter Chase, uh, Billaway, the 11 4 favourite, wing leader, 5 to 1, Bob and Co, 15 to 2, Point Avon, 10 to 1, Shantou Flyer, Dubai Quest, 14 to 1, the pair, 16 to 1, bar those. Um, Andy, start with you. Any, any fancies at this stage for the Hunter Chase? Um, well, I have to have some kind of fancy for it come the day because I like doing play spots. Um, <laughs> And so you've got to have an opinion in this enough to get you through the play spot leg if you're still in it by that um, um, by that time. Um, by and large, I probably just want to be against Bill at the price. He, he, he always seems to be racing behind the bridle in this race. I mean, he's a hell of a horse to finish second in it two years running. But having watched this race year in year out, when, when I'm sort of like getting over the uh, the Gold Cup and I'm watching it on the TV, having, having, a, having a glass of champagne just to relax. Because he always back to win it. No, 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 not necessarily, but I always think that the horses that race up with the speed here have a huge advantage. Um, I felt for one a couple of years ago, Cader Burley, who was, yeah. looked a, a world beater at Punchestown, but he, he's a hold-up horse, and he never got eaten. Mistake after mistake after mistake. And I just think getting into a rhythm and out in front here is massive, especially in a big field when, you know, um, riding skills is at a premium. So I'd probably fall down the side of wing leader, based on the fact that he beat Bill away first time out at Thurless. Yes, Bill away might have needed the run, as he often does, but so, so might have wing leader. And, and he's, he's, a, he's just a progressive horse. Um, but his jumping is really good. And it, because he's going to be out in front and getting into rhythm, I think rhythm is very important in these kind of races at Cheltenham, um, then he'd, he'd be the one for me. So, yeah, wing leader. Wing leader, five to one. Uh, Rory? Uh, I, I don't have a massively strong view. Other, the, the, the view that I have that's reasonably strong is that um, I would prefer if David Maxwell ruled Chantou Flyer here rather than Bob and Co. Uh, Bob and Co. The slightly the slightly more exciting of the pair, if you like. Um, and he was travelling he was travelling pretty well when he unseated in this race last year, but he made several mistakes. I don't think he's an ideal Cheltenham horse. Again, he was impressive at Punches Time. Um, next time out, um, he's been beaten both starts since. But Shantou Flyer has got an incredible record at Cheltenham. He's had loads and loads of chase starts. Um, he's, yeah, the problem is he won't run in the race unless um, Bob & Co doesn't run. Um, whereas at least with Cat Tiger, um, he can run elsewhere at the meeting. But Shantou Flyer is only allowed to run in 100 chases because uh, there's a rule saying that if a, a licensed trainer runs a horse in 100 chase, 
he's not allowed to switch that horse back to any other kind of race, uh -huh. except for military races for the rest of the season. So because Chantoufleur ran in 100 chases at Fontwell last time out, he must only run in 100 chases. And it would be a, just a dreadful shame not to run him at the Cheltenham Festival, where he just came, he was placed in the Kim Muir last year. He's been touched off in the Ultima. Um, he, he even ran, six years ago, he ran in the National Hunt Chase when, um, uh, when he unseated his rider. And he's got a very, very solid record at Cheltenham, lots and lots of places, always runs his race. Um, and I would, you know, for, for a race that's meant to be all about tradition and giving course specialists a chance, for Chantou Flyer to have to sit on the sidelines rather than run here would be a terrible shame. And I think he's got a better chance in this race than Bob and Co. So I'm hoping that David Maxwell has a change of mind and, and uh, rides him, or let someone else, else ride him, which is very unlikely. Um, because, yeah, as I said, it's, it's not like he can run in a different race. He can't run in the Camure as he did last season. And that Camure form from last year, by the way, would win this race. You know, um, it was Mount Ida who won uh, that day. He's run an absolute cracker um, to hit the frame again. So I'd love to see him in it, but it looks like that's not going to happen. Uh, price at the moment, 14 to 1, best price for Shantou Flyer, Bob & Co, 15 to 2, all eyes to see what happens there. Uh, on to the Mayor's Chase, where LMA is just about the 5 to 2 favourite, many people's nap of the festival last year, was then beaten by Corrivi. Uh, Mount Ida, second favourite at 11 to 4, Concertista, 4 to 1, uh, who we mentioned in a previous preview. Uh, Riviera de Tell, 5 to 1, we do not think will turn up here. Uh, Zambella 10 to 1, The Glancing Queen 10 to 1, Gin on Lime 12 to 1, uh, Scarlet and Dove uh, 16s, plenty of horses at 16s as well. Um, another one where this could cut up a fair bit, Rory. Um, not many left in there even at this stage, so <clears throat> be interesting to see who turns up. But LMA and Mount Ida pretty much pick him the two at the top of the market. Yeah, I like Mount Ida a lot. Um, her price has shortened up now. She's been, uh, she, she was a, she's been sort of third or fourth favourite for this. Uh, for a while, I, I can't really get my head around it. She, she was the most remarkable winner of the uh, of the Kim Muir last year when she. Uh, <laughs> I had my biggest bet of the of the festival last year. No, no, I I I laid her for a place, and then I looked up at my screen and saw she was a thousand. I thought, well, there you go, lovely, jubbly, and um, settled down in front of the TV to to watch, and then realised that halfway she was going to come through to win. So I could I could have got out of the bet for a pound. Um, and I ended up ended up taking my biggest loss of the week, um, but she was she was remarkable. Yeah, no, she jumped. Not well. uh, not no, uh, possibly actually, yeah, but I was I, I was I was looking at the wind market at that stage. But yeah, I, I assumed she was out of it because I missed I missed the start of the race. I and mean, my horse goes a thousand after about four fences. You you assume yeah, that yeah. they're they're out of the race, but anyway, um, now she jumped right that day, and she has also jumped right since, and that's a little bit of an issue. But I'm interested to hear that um, Gordon Elliott says um, she came back from Cheltenham with a problem last year. So she's actually carrying an injury in that race despite winning the Kim Muir. And he said, we think we've corrected the problem that has caused her to jump right. And she's spot on now. And I'm thinking she's been winning, she's been winning good races with this problem that she has, whatever it might be. Uh, and if he has got to the bottom of it, she's going to be very hard to beat here. I thought she was very impressive in beating Ellie May last time out. Um, despite the fact that she did, she did go right once or twice um, in the race. Um, she won easily at um, at Clonmel prior to that. Yeah, her her form um, stands out um, this year. She could have run in the Irish Gold Cup. Plenty of good judges fancied her for the Irish Gold Cup. And indeed, given what happened in that race, she might have been a, a big player. Um, but Gordon um, was adamant that he was keeping her fresh for this race. And of course, she'd had other options at the festival. But Gordon always said the mare's chase was where he was going from, but her, but her price for a long time suggested that she might not. Um, and as I said, I think Gordon's very straight when he talks about where he wants to run his horses. So she's definitely been valued. She's shortened up now and she's pretty much favourite or joint favourite for the race. But I still think she's, she's um, a pretty obvious one. Put the kettle on, it seems, is, is um, they're determined to go for, for uh, another crack at the champion chase, which I think she's got no chance in. Uh, given the form she's shown this season, but you never know. Um, you know, fair play to connections for for rolling the big dice. Um, plenty of the River Detail won't run. Concertista, I've mentioned already. I thought she she's she's been a strong anti-post favourite for this, but I thought she was a very bad favourite, uh, given the form that she's shown. Now, she's shown plenty of ability in winning both her chase starts, but she hasn't had to beat an awful lot. Um, and you can draw sort of parallel form lines that suggest that she's got a fair bit to find with one or two. And because she's won twice in Grade Two company she has to carry a penalty. And that just strikes me as being um, 
not unnecessary, but they could easily have, have got her into this race without any penalty, as indeed, um, you know, Willie's managed to do with Ellie May and Gordon's done with Mount Ida. By not running them in, in grade two or, or better races, they've avoided penalties. And it looks like that pair have really been laid out for this, where Concertina, Concertista hasn't. Um, and yeah, there's not much, there's the other ones that I quite like. Zambella could run well, but the ground's gonna, it looks like it's gonna go against her. She wants, um, she wants softer, heavy ground. She was running a good race in this last year when tipping up at the third last, I think, just as she was getting into contention. She wouldn't have won, but she, might, she looked like she was gonna run on to, to challenge for third. That was a good run and she's improved this season, but um, the one time she was disappointing wasn't good at soft ground at Leicester. So she really wants um, more give and she's not gonna get it. And as I said, um, the Glancing Queen and Vienna Court are mares that I like, but I like them an awful lot more in the plate where they're both well treated than in this race. To Mount Ida, the one at 11 to four, but plenty of thoughts on the other runners. Uh, Andy, you team Mount Ida as well? Yeah, I probably would be out of the two. Um, again, it's another race where I'll probably put some multiples on when it's a, there's a two by two by two job, and this is classic, isn't it? Imagine if you got down to this race and you've got lots of place money or even a few win, wins here then everywhere by playing the right horse in the right races, and you've got these two running for you. If Constantine doesn't run, You've got five to two, eleven to four, about two horses that'll probably be six to four, eight to two on the day, and and the field will get decimated. So again, if you if you're looking to think outside the box and uh, get ahead of the game, this is another race where um, it, it falls into that category. So I'd, I'd go with Mount Ida as well. I like I like the fact she beat Annie May over what seemed to be at the time, you know, maybe an adequate trip, but she's shown plenty of pace and. Um, there could have been a variety of races she could have gone for, as, as Rory said, but they're, they're adamant, you know, two and a half miles around here. Um, I think the small field will suit as well. Obviously, the big field and the Kimia, that's probably one of the reasons why she got so far back. But, you know, when there's only like six, seven runners, it, she'll have Ellie May within, within range all the way around. Mount Ida also there, 11 of four, the one side with out of the two. Uh, on then to the final race, we're going to preview of this year's Cheltenham Festival. It is the Martin Pipe, where Langadan and Stateman are the two five to one favourites. Already spoken about Stateman briefly. Hollow Games, eight to one. Chemical Energy, eight to one. Adamantly Chosen and Good Risk at All, both 10 to one. Manella Crooner, 12 to one. Deploy the Getaway, 12 to one. 14 to one bar. And I'll give you first run for the last. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I think um, the key to this is to try and identify a horse trained by Willie Mullins or, or Gordon Elliott that's been running in grade one races. That seems to be the, the tail of the tape. I mean, look at some of the horses that have won this race for, for, for Willie, particularly Don Polly, Kilodzevic, Champ de Champ, um, Gallop under Champ last year, and, and, and Gordon Elliott hasn't done too bad in it either. So um, I'd be very keen if it was to run here, and the vibes are looking like that's the case now with Hollow Games a horse that's been touted to run in either the Ballymore or, or the, the Albert Barlow, but they've shuffled the pack and the way they've shuffled it suggests to me that Ginto now runs in the race that maybe a Hollow Games is thinking of running in, i.e. the Albert Bartlett, um, and maybe Three Stripe Life will get, uh, might, might run in the Ballymore, just by the, just by the way that, that the market seems to have reacted in the last 24 hours, 24, 48 hours. So that would mean to me Hollow Games will come here. And if he does, is it for 143? I think he's off a mark of 143, which yeah, is, is, not, is not bad at all. I mean, if Ginto was in here off 143, yeah, what, price would, what price would Ginto be in this race off 143? Right, sure, but Independence Holiday Games is a bigger price than Ginto for the... Yeah, no, but I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. it's that Lawler's and form, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, He didn't do a great deal. Queen's Brooks off 142. Queen's Brooks off one, but she, yeah, she, she'll go for the mares, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... I think he, he he's he's a real box ticker in many respects. Every respect. I mean, he didn't you know he didn't run badly at um, Leopardstown either in, in really good race, two mile six. But he just looks as though he wants you know he wants a real proper test. I don't think we've seen him, we've seen that yet. A real good strong run too far would be absolutely ideal and a big handicap. He's a, he's a, he's a looks an out and out stayer. So that long run from two out to the line will really play into his strengths. So yeah, hollow games, non running no bet for me, eight to one. Eight to one, non-running a bet, including 888 Sport. Our sponsors here, Hollow Games, the one for Andy. Rory, how do you see the last? Um, surprisingly, I think the English might have half a chance of, of winning this. Normally, it's, a, it's a, an Irish benefit 
Um, but there are a couple of um, a couple of um, English runners. I'd like to see good risk at all running this rather than running in the uh, in the Coral Cup again for the same reason as, as Colonel Mustard uh, in the county. Uh, his issue over hurdles so far is that his jumping hasn't been terrific, um, which is why he ended up getting a lenient handicap. His jumping was dreadful on debut at Chepstow, and he was still very scrappy when he was second to John Bond. He's he's improved a little bit uh, since that, and he actually jumped pretty well at Ascot, although he was always in second gear um, that day. Uh, up £10 for that, but he was ridiculously well handicapped given he was one of the best bumper horses around last year. Um, so he still needs plenty of these to come out to get in, number 46 on the list. Um, but I think this race will suit him. I think it will suit him better than the Coral Cup with concerns over, over um, the slickness of his jumping. Um, and he remains well handicapped for, for Sam Thomas, who could have a good festival, by the way. Um, he's, really, he's one of the few smallish trainers who has geared his team up to have Cheltenham runners. You see a lot, of, um, a lot of good trainers, and you sort of think, I wonder what he's got at the festival, and you find out that, you know, Don McCain's got one runner yeah. at the festival, for example. Other trainers doing really, really well this season might have two runners. Sam Thomas has probably got some eight or nine, mm-hmm. um, and that's the way he set himself up. He's only had, I think, 81, 82 runners this season, um, but he set, he, he set a stall out to have runners on the big days, um, to have Saturday runners. Yeah, he's got a lot, got a lot of nice horses, um, and he's, I think it's a, a brave move uh, for a reasonably young trainer to, to, to campaign your horses for the big days. But I hope it pays off for Sam. Uh, good risk at all, obviously, is a fair chance here. Obviously, I'd quite like it if, if he uh, hit the frame in the, uh, in the Turners as well, but that's, a, that's another argument altogether. The other horse I quite like here, and there's, there's an interesting angle to him, although I would very much like the ground to be soft, and there might well be another day for him um, in that uh, scenario. Bullport of Nigel Twiston Davis is now the yards having an absolutely stellar season. Um, <clears throat> I used to say with Nigel, he'd have a really hot spell October and November, and then he'd go very quiet, and he might come back and, and have a winner at the, at the festival. Uh, he, he's been in form all season, uh, and uh, the artist is doing really well. Um, and he's got a couple of interesting handicap runners at the festival this week. Um, and Bullport's an interesting one, mainly because he's always been ridden by a conditional jockey. Jordan, Jordan Naylor has ridden him all season. Yeah. Um, and um, so it's almost like Nigel has, has again made this a plan that he's going to run him in the conditional jockeys race at the, at the festival. He was, I thought, an unlucky loser when second to Green Book at Sandown where he travelled really well, came through the challenge and having jumped well all the way around, he missed the last two hurdles um, when challenging and then rallied and, and just failed to get back up again. Uh, that, was, that was over two miles six, so the, the, this, this trip is probably a minimum for him. Uh, I'd like to see him at three miles, but obviously, you know, he, he's been fully effective. He won the EBF final at Sandown last year over two miles, three and a half. So this kind of test in a strongly run race does suit him. And because he's one of the few horses in this race who, who his jockey really knows, I think that's a bit of a positive as well. So um, I'd be slightly wary of backing him on, on, um, on quick ground, but it was good to soft at Sandown when he produced a, clear, a career best effort last time out. And I think fun, the fundamental thing with him is he wants a really strong end-to-end gallop um, to come off, uh, which he got at Sandown last time out. And there's more to come from him. He's been very consistent. His previous start, he was only beaten half a length by um, Dashiell Drasher at Newbury when Dashiell Drasher stole about 12 lengths at the start. And this is a, this is a grade one winner, uh, Dashiell Drasher. So Beauport did really well to, to get close to him, having spotted him a big start. He started off... Uh, when they left the, the start that day, he was in last place because he's been held up in all his races. Um, in fairness to Jordan Naylor, he realised after jumping about three hurdles that he couldn't just sit there 20 lengths behind um, a high-class horse and got after him um, and therefore finished second. But yeah, I've, I've liked all his runs this season and last. I um, mean, you go back and look at the, uh, the ABF final, he was very impressive there. He's going to be an even better chaser next season. He carries the colours of Corbiere, uh, the colours of Brian Burrow, who has very few horses um, these days, but he's a... Um, He's a horse who can really um, go to the top when he's, when he's running in, in staying chases. And I think he's one for probably for the Brown Advisory next season. But an interesting runner here, given the, the relationship he has with Jordan Naylor. Absolutely. 20 to 1 best price for Beauport there for Rory. Um, I know you, sometimes with the nap of the day, you need a bit of time. So I'm going to go to Andy first whilst you think of your nap of the day, Rory. Right? No, 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 you know. <laughs> Had lunch to think oh, about yeah, it. Andy, we'll come, okay, we'll come to you first. Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard, the one for Rory. And you, you can do it to double um, naps, okay? Voban. Voban is the one for Andy. There you have it. That brings this Gold Cup Day preview to a close. Thank you very much to both Rory and Andy for sharing their thoughts and tips. 
uh, with us today. Thank you to 888 Sport, our sponsors for this, and their ambassador, Barry Geraghty, for joining me and Andy earlier. Hopefully, it will be a Gold Cup for the ages. Hopefully, it'll be a Ch Cheltenham Festival for the ages. This is certainly whetted our appetite. Please ensure that you enjoy the racing, whether you're watching it on your sofa, in the pub, on course. Look out for all of us there as well. Do come and say hello. But most importantly, as is always the case with all of these tips as well, please ensure at all times you are gambling responsibly.